When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. Ray, how was the Pro Bowl? Hey, man. Let me tell you something. Seriously, now. Like, <clears throat> it's something to, to, play in a, to play in many Pro Bowls, right? But then it's a totally different thing to come back and coach in a Pro Bowl. And let me let me like like help you understand so people can understand really dot like how like impactful this was. So I'm looking at these guys and one of the guys I know I never forget just how he looked at me when he said it, which was Mike Evans, right? This young, great talent out of Tampa Bay. And this guy, man, he looks at me, he's like, Man, you were my all time favorite. Like my all-time favorite. And I'm looking at each one of these kids, right? And over the course of the whole Pro Bowl, I, I got this, like, periodically. Another player will walk up. Man, you just you just don't know what, what you mean to my career and, and, and how I, how you inspired me, right? Dak Prescott. Dak said something to me that just almost, almost just, it was humbling to hear him say it. And so the interaction that we had at this Pro Bowl, man, was it's, it's something that I think, and I was telling the guys, we were talking to Richard Sherman, Michael Bennett, um, Bobby Wagner, me and Jerome Bettis, um, Shazier from Pittsburgh. We was all talking in a little huddle, and I'm like, bro, we have to do this more often. Like, like if, if we don't get around each other more often, like, how do you know how to pass the torch? Yeah. Right. How do you know how to how to learn from the mistakes of the people who came before you? So you asked me, how, how was the Pro Bowl? I think it was absolutely amazing because I think it was the first step. I got a lot of these young guys numbers and like, look, you know, I don't need nothing or want nothing from you. Right. But all we but we got to start having these conversations with each other um, just about a lot of different issues, a lot of topics, a lot of things that's going on, even about the game. You know, even about the game was coming up, you know, there's possibly another lockout in a few years. So we need to start discussing those things, too. But I'm telling you, man, the impact of what I learned that week, I just shared all freaking wisdom and everything I knew with every one of them. Like I sat with right before I came into Houston, I sat with Bobby Wagner like all last night. I mean, when I tell you this after the game and we sat there for easy two hours and this young man. He's hungry to be the best. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to be the best. And he's asking me, like, what what else do I need to do? Like, how how, how do I get better? Like, and I'm looking, and I'm looking in his eyes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at a young lion. Yeah. Like I'm looking at what, what what I did with Rod Wilson and what I did with Shannon Sharp. So man, the Pro Bowl was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, the game came up and it, it was just good. It was good all the way around, man. I, I was I was really really excited, and, and I got a lot of time to spend, you know, with the bus, man. Uh, me and Jerome, like, we hung out, man. We laughed like little kids, man. <laughs> and so I saw it, it was just, got, it was I so, saw a video on YouTube where you got the bus to do your dance. <laughs> dude, did you see? Now I that, saw that's it. when you know anybody can get along. <laughs> that's when anybody can get along. 
And it, I anybody, always, can get along. anybody can get along because you always laugh and you're like, you know that even when I support you, I'm getting some heat in Pittsburgh. But the bus is the legend in Pittsburgh. And he was like, Ray, I don't know if I do this. <laughs> but he did it and it was awesome. The bus done my dance, man. It was so awesome. I and then the that. whole night on the sideline, right? He's asking me. He's messing with me the whole night. It was like, uh, how do you start that dance again? You put up that right hand. You start your right, your right hand shaking first. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You were man, like, he was so classic. I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like Charles Woodson, man, Tony Gonzalez, we had such, such a good time. Um, and I think once we figured out how to use our time, it was better because I, I, I use most of my time just simply talking to the guys, man, and just sitting there, just just being whatever they wanted to ask me and make sure and, and just making sure I was available. So it was awesome. It was really awesome. Well, yeah. I know that you wanted on uh, last week, you were wanting somebody to step up and be that leader for the AFC. Did you end up finding that? I tell you what I did find. I found a way to get them all to look at each other as leaders. Mm. What, what do I mean? I said, I said last night in my speech last night, I said, how can we confuse a moment? You can't confuse moments, right? Because moments are just like the game. Once it's over, it's over. But you got to be okay with knowing that you may be the only light that somebody without hope sees, mm. like right. So, so, so you can't think about if you want to come play hard because somebody that's laying on a cancer bed and and and, and fighting with that, they want to get up and fight, Doc. Yes, right. The people who got to keep going to chemo in day in and day out, man, and 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 the people that I, oh my gosh, Doc. The things that I, I know now and the things that I'm paying attention to, I'm trying to spread to these kids. And I looked at them and I said, imagine what happens if you just give everything you got and you inspire somebody just by your efforts to get up out of the bed and fight one more day. Now, listen, That's why we do this. Yeah. but I know I know that you had people who inspired you when you were young in the league. But my question to you is. Did you honestly have people who inspired you in that way? Because for me, what you're doing is you're looking at the big picture of life far outside of football in saying that. And I want to know, honestly, did you have that? Or is that something that now that you're out of football, you're able to bring to these guys? Yeah, no, I didn't have it. I didn't have it. And, and I think now that I am out of the game, I, I, I do want to bring that aspect to them because I want them to see the bigger picture. Like, like I want them to really use what the plat what the, the the opportunity of this platform. Like you know, it's so great, but but you don't know when you're being watched, and so yeah. when you're doing these things, I want them. And 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 I, and I honed it in on them. I looked at Von Miller right in the eyes, and I'm like, just do what you do. Like, and I'm telling them, don't freaking count your snaps. Just play the snap. Yeah. Just play the next play, man. Just, just go full speed and give it everything you got. And that's because then you don't worry about winning and losing or losing. Right. All you worry about is the opportunity. And I'm telling you, if more people took the chance to 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 appreciate simply the opportunity to do something, then you know you're. You're in a, if, if, if somebody's giving you opportunity to do something, Doc, 
most of the times you're in position to influence someone. Yeah. And that's what the National Football League has been able to do for so many years, right? I'm going to tell you something. There's this kid. He found me on on, on, uh, Facebook. And he's been saving up his money. His name is Ben. And he lives in Atlanta. And he has been saving up his money for the last year. Mm. He saved up $900. He convinced his mom that all he wanted to do in life was meet me one time, Doc. Wow. He texted me on, he emailed me and everything. I had my people get in touch with him. He called me back and I, and I called him and I was like, I'm going to see you at the Pro Bowl. And he was like, no way. There's no way that this could come true. He waited <laughs> the whole year. They bought a plane ticket. He comes down to the Pro Bowl. And at the end of the Pro Bowl, I look in this kid's eyes and he basically looks at me and said, my life is complete. <laughs> like, that's the inspiration that, that that I was trying to tell the guys about the opportunity that when you're in the midst, and it, when somebody places you there, there's something that you can do that you will never know the impact of what you do for people. And that's what I think these young kids. And that's why I wanted to hone in on that. This is what we're going to do going forward. And we're not going to let our game down. We're not going to let our freaking game dilute because somebody says, well, I'm not going to freaking play hard. If I'm playing against my freaking brother, I promise you he won't beat me. Right? <laughs> it right. don't matter who it is. <laughs> just be a kid and just and just and just enjoy the opportunity. So that's kind of what the message was. Yeah. No, 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 no. And this t- <clears throat> to me is so big. I once stood in front of a state counseling association and there were hundreds of counselors there. And I said, I want to say something to you and I want to say it was re- with respect and love. But none of you has any idea what you're doing. And they took a minute and kind of kind of sat back in their seats. And I said, you don't understand what you're doing because in any given moment, you might be influencing someone's life for the rest of that person's life. And that's the essence of what I hear you teaching to these young men. Like in any given moment, you can transform someone's life. To me, there's nothing greater than that. If there's a gift, if the gift is to really save someone's life save someone's life mm. but guess what the work was just doing what you do yep then you then there should be no problem with doing that right because right. there's thousands of kids thousands and there's a harsh percentage one percent makes it and most of them go and and, and now there's a three-year span that you have in the national football league mm-hmm. So think about how many people I got. a I got a call this morning from a good friend of mine. She runs this this, this women's league, um, really doing a great job. We're getting women kind of into football and everything. And she called me this morning and she had two women from New Zealand on the freaking phone. Wow. And they get on the phone and they're like, we we watch you so far in, in New England and in, in, in New Zealand. And we have tattoos of you. His the mother has tattoos of me on her. Way in New Zealand, <laughs> right? And and she's calling me saying how I've changed their family's life, like how their entire family believes and and what and what I did. And that's what <clears throat> the, the message is. It's <clears throat> you don't have to be me. All you got to do is be yourself. Mm. But somebody's watching you, even when they're not watching me. 
Right. Well, mm-hmm. this is this is a message that I wish I could reach into our listeners' hearts and have them really feel. Because if you are a parent out there, listen, if you are a mentor, if you are interacting with young people in any way, shape, or form, you, in fact, are doing exactly what you're talking about, Ray, which is you're shaping young people. You're impacting them at a level that I don't think that you fully realize. But, you know, here's how I want to bring it back to our listeners to be able to really understand this think about people in your life who said something and when you were young and it stuck with you your entire life whether it was positive or negative it stuck with you your entire life Mm. and 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 there aren't days off and you talk about this a lot there aren't days off like you're always on you're always going to be impacting people whether you want to be impacting people or not you are so now the question is, will you do it in a negative way or are you going to do it in a positive way and recognize it? So I think that's huge that you're bringing that to those athletes because, as you said, that's not something that you had at that time in your life. I think what's even bigger is every one of the guys' interviews um, when they were speaking, even um, Kelsey, the tight end who won Kansas City's tight end, who won the um, offensive player of the game, he – his whole message was was really about the moment, right? And then he challenged the fans to go out and give somebody else a moment, mm. right? So you see how it, it, it becomes infectious that people want to share that, right? And, and I think that's what the key to what we should be doing in life. Like grab more positivity, grab more instructional things. Let's, let's, let's go back to what old school was and let's teach our kids again how to fish, Right. Let's yeah. teach them what it looks like. And then, and then I promise you, when they have the ability to share it, they will. It, well, listen, so my daughter had some friends over this weekend and they were working on a school project. So my wife made the kids a great breakfast. They're all sitting around the breakfast table. We're sitting together having a meal together. And um, uh, one of the young kids brought up something that was negative and then kept talking about it. So I said, let me let me interject here. If something's negative, why are we going to allow it to fulfill, like fill up our time in this conversation when there's so much positivity? So why don't we go ahead and just shift momentum right here? Let's change the subject. Let's talk about something positive. And in that moment, all the kids kind of gravitated to that. They're like, you're right. Let's talk about something positive. So I think with all the negativity that flies out there from social media, the Internet, I think it's important for us to step back and say that just because negativity is out there doesn't mean we have to regurgitate it we can actually stop and say what are we imparting to other people man i always said I, i'm talking about, I, i'm i'm a big person in this i don't let, i don't let too much get in my mind i don't read too much i don't trust too many people's you know history on things i i do i do history researches myself um i want to hear it from the horse's mouth because you know nowadays you just have these things i just think man I just think, Doc, honestly, that we all just need to take a step back for a minute and just ask ourselves, what's the real answer? And I think the real answer is, if what you're doing does not help our future, then it's guaranteed to hurt our future. Mm-hmm. As a people, as a people, you know what I'm saying? I don't care. 100%. I don't care what you think you did or how successful you may be. 
if you, you got two ways you're doing it, either you're helping or you're hurting. And 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 I've I've devoted my life, man, because when I'm looking at Bobby Wagner's eyes last night, man, I'm seeing this sparkle in his eyes of just being able to grab knowledge from somebody that he watched from a child. Well, right, and, and I'm go ahead. But I'm excited to hear that because we we've talked about this before, where there are. Countless people who had an opportunity to lift with you throughout your 17-year career. And not many people would continue to lift with you. Maybe a lot of people got to lift with you once. But not a lot of people said, okay, wait a minute. This is the legend's workout. Why don't I keep trying to do it? Because if this is what he does and he's a legend, then this is the path he's he's creating for me. So it's it's, it's actually, I, I like it for me. It's it's inspiring to know Bobby Wagner's question and you and asking you those things. It's interesting. Listen, as human beings, it's natural. Some people want to gravitate toward leadership. They want to gravitate toward doing the absolute best. And uh, you would think that everyone that's in a position of leadership wants to do that, but that's not the truth. So kudos to people who are doing that and to listeners out there who aren't doing that yet. My goodness, Find somebody that's doing what you want to be doing and follow in those footsteps. Ask the questions you need to ask. That's good, though. I mean, that, that's that's really good because I think I just think we should we, we should ask way more questions. You know, <clears throat> I think that even with kids. Right. I think that's the thing now. Right. With social media and everything. Right. It's like this, you know, instant gratification, you know, that people can find so so easily. So instead of like <clears throat> going the old school way, the way we used to, you know, look for it. You ask, right? They right. always say a close a closed mouth don't get fed, right? You know, so it's like ask these questions, and 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 when you see that these kids won't ask it, that's when you know they're trying to figure it out themselves. Yeah. And so, great step last night going towards that. But if I, I think more people need to be more active in making people ask the question. Right. Instead of texting the quest. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Look, we we are good here on tackling life. We can we can shift gears. You wait till you stay tuned till after this break when we come back because I'm gonna shift gears into something I've been wanting to ask Ray about for years, even as we in our private conversations. But I'm gonna go ahead and ask him live on tackling life. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. The Tackling Life Podcast is now taking your calls. If you have questions or comments for us, just call 646-762-4432 and leave us a message. We might play it on the show. That's 646-762-4432 or download the Voigo app for iOS or Android. That's V-O-I-G-O. And you can leave a direct message for us through your mobile device. We're looking forward to hearing you from from you for sure. Okay, so we're back, and we talked right before the break about asking questions. And it's interesting because in Eastern philosophy, the way that it's set up with the guru, with a master is, maybe you make this enormous journey in this hike. Maybe you climb up the mountainside and you find this Zen master at the top of the mountain. And the tradition is, the master is not just going to start speaking to you. If you want any knowledge from that master, you have to ask the question. So at the most, they will say to you, tell me your question. And what I love about that is it sets up the ultimate in learning experience. Because if Mm. I'm ready to ask a question, then now Mm -hmm. I'm ready to listen for the answer. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so when it comes to learning, so I've got a question and I've been wanting to ask Ray this, and I'm telling our listeners, I promise you, I haven't talked to him about this ahead of time. This is something I've been meaning to ask him. But years ago, I saw sports science, and you were on sports science. And I'm really hoping that you remember that experience. Yeah, my neck's still hurting from it right now. <laughs> so, on that experience, they did. So for our listeners, if you haven't seen that, you can YouTube it. You can you can YouTube and watch it. But they did an experience where they took uh, a, an officer who had a 15-pound battering ram, and they took a door. And I'm not talking about like a fake door. They took an actual door with locks and everything on it. And they had this police officer try to open it with a 15-pound battering ram. And so listen to this. He was able to open the door with 800 pounds of force. Okay? Now... This is the coolest thing, Ray. I watched you hit the same door, <laughs> knocked out a dozen screws from the door frame. You completely knocked it off its hinges. And then they, when sports science measured it, you actually generated over a thousand pounds of force. Then, uh, and I just like, do you tell me about that? Cause that's unreal that you hit people with over a thousand pounds of force. Well, you got. I remember now. So, 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 just <laughs> think of it this way. So, the battering ram, it doesn't have intentions, right? <laughs> it's the, it's the person, it's the person that's using the battering ram that creates the intention for the battering ram, right? Yeah. When I hit somebody, I have intentions on what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> Which is annihilate them because I want to give one other stat to our listeners. They also set up this dummy and they they set up this dummy and they had the dummy like on a crane or whatever and they had it moving at the speed of an NFL running back and and Ray hit this dummy and I want you to hear this and I'm I'm not misreading this number. I promise you this is a fact. They measured this at this. Ray hit the dummy with 2,200 pounds of force. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't been the same since. I'm telling you. That, I, that, that dummy's not been the same since. <laughs> I, heard that, I heard that the dummy, no. he wanted to be like a crash test dummy, and that was it for his career after you hit him. He was done. No, he was done. I was done, too. I'm not playing with you, man. I, I, I needed a break. I thought something was... I thought I messed up everything. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to tell you what, though. Like, seriously. like, And I, and I kind of learned this, like, earlier, like, in my career. Like, the, the mentality that you make when you go with that much force, Doc, it's, it's something that once you turn the light on, once you push the button to say go, you and and you feel it. So when your impact, when you collide in the other man or whoever it is, you feel it. So, you know, those dummies and those that door that was like, oh, my gosh, it's not going to hit me back. I'm all in. I'm all, <laughs> in. I'm all in. So. So, I mean, I had fun with it, man. I, I had a lot of fun on sports science. Um but you know when I did hear, I heard those numbers before, and uh, and I was like, wow. And then the guy asked me something. It was funny. He was like, wow, man, I no human beings. I said, well, what's funny is 
I, I really didn't hit it with all my force. He was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I was just, you know, just trying to knock the hinges off. You know, I just. I, I <laughs> oh, you knocked the hinges off. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I loved it, though, man. And, um, you know, I tell you, man, I tell people this all the time. You know, I, I used to enjoy watching the game from a perspective that you see this explosion of people lowering their hips. And and I'm telling you where a lot of it comes from. A lot of it for me comes from wrestling. Okay. I mean, wrestling was for me was it taught me pure control of my hips, like pure power of explosion. The moment you get ready to impact someone, how you lock and load. If you think about it, the way a lot of people tackle, right? You see, and I made a lot of tackles like this too, but it doesn't have a lot of impact because when you tackle, you usually jump on them, right? So you kind of jump on them and then you leave your legs, which your legs then loses all its power. Mm-hmm. So then that's why a lot of people miss tackles and miss sacks and all these different things because they're coming with just their upper body and everything else is just in chaos, you know, uh, our waist down. But when you come with the right hit, and you strike right. So when you're when you're almost like a cobra, man, when you when you locked in, and the moment that you come out there and you hit them, Doc, you feel it. Man. You feel it. You feel the perfect hit. And, and and I'm telling you, I can tell you many a times in my career where I got the perfect hit on people because I was locked and loaded and I did not come out of it until I was ready to. To unload. I can promise you, I truly like understood. I remember watching that. That's why I always wanted to ask you about it because I remember saying, like, there's no, you can't stand in the way of somebody who's hitting with that kind of force. And what you no. just said was so powerful because, listen, this is this is something that can kind of reverberate throughout our listeners, and that is the intentionality because. As someone who trained future counselors and psychologists, I used to always say the main thing that I ever want you to walk away from my classes with is I want you to understand that every single time you sit in front of another human being, I want you to have intentionality. Because when you come at people with intentionality, it changes the nature of the interaction. So intentionality in the way you, whether you're going to hit somebody, whether you're going to be low and and, and, and put an un, unreal number of 2,200 pounds of force on them, or whether you're going to sit and say, my intention is to sit with this person while this person is suffering, and maybe I can't fix it but i'm telling you what i'm not going to move because my intention is to sit here and absorb some of this energy with this person intentionality means all the difference yeah man you know what i'm gonna tell you something why 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 i tell people i know that's a fact and i'm so glad you said it like that because my intention every game that i played in i mean i'm telling you probably past like my seventh year my intention became simply to be to inspire somebody to change their life today. Mm-hmm. And it was and, and it wasn't based on how many plays I made. It wasn't based off if I had a sack, if I had an inception. It was based off one thing. Go out and give everything you got. Yeah. Because somebody is gonna look and say, Man, I want I want what he got. I, I want what he eating. I, I want to read what he read. I want to listen to what he listening to. Right. <clears throat> and 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 
And when you do that, everything changes. It does. The perspective changes. Immediately it changes. And that's why, man, I was just telling these young kids, I was like, what is your intention for the game? Do you have an intention? Because see, my intention for the game, when I was 17 years old, when I was at University of Miami, I simply said, I said, I may be the greatest to ever walk up out of these doors. Mm. When I got in the National Football League, my intention was to be freaking, it was, it was, it was, it was simple. I'm coming into this game to be the greatest to ever do it. Mm. I'm not shying away from that. Mm. And that's what I think kids now, we look for everybody else to crown us. Right. Right? I don't need I don't need everybody else to crown me. What I'm what I'm gonna do is tell you how I, I'm willing to put in the work that it requires to be walk to, to for, for me to walk around now and hear people say, Man, you're the greatest of all time. And yeah. I'm and I'm humbly saying, No, man, I appreciate you. Like, don't don't think I'm gonna throw a parade. I'm just telling you I really appreciate you. Well, let yeah. me tell you about the ripple effect of what you're just talking about because the ripple effect is profound. You know, you, you throw a, a pebble in the pond, it ripples out. The same thing with behavior. What you just said, I'm going to take into the prison tomorrow because I run into a lot of guys that, that, who are incarcerated who say, my goal is to get out of prison. And I say, no, your goal is not to get out of prison. Your goal is to become a complete person. You looked at the NFL where m- millions of young people are looking and saying I want to be in the NFL and you never said my goal is to be in the NFL you said my goal is to be the greatest who ever played in the NFL and that changes everything and that was regardless of position like that was regardless of position man I I, I still say to this day I don't compare myself to nobody but I still say, I still say to this day doc my number one intention was to come into this game and look at people. And if you want to go through the history of sports, and my, and I said this when I was younger, that my intention was there will not be a person that has more value in a team than what I give to my team in my city. Mm. Absolutely, man. That's I, oh my gosh, it was it was it was such. I was so pissed off to do it. That, that I never took breaks. I didn't know what breaks meant because my intention was so great to go do it that I had no other choice. I couldn't take no breaks, right? And and so and so, you know, and man, and now you I want these kids, I want these these people to like grab it and chase it. Because listen, nobody, nobody controls your destiny but you. But what happens along the way to 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 chase your destiny, Doc, is we listen to all of these these other things, right? Take all of these other things out and ask yourself a real question. What am I going to do for myself every second of my life? Mm. Because that's the measure. That's the measure of what greatness, of true greatness really is. Greatness ain't, ain't going out and achieving no trophy or, 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 or ring. Greatness is one day inspiring somebody to say, I want to be like him. A hundred thousand percent. The other day I had the game on, I was watching the Cavaliers and the the Thunder play. And there was a moment where I just happened to hit pause on the the TV. And there was a little boy in the background when LeBron came off the bench. 
or that would come into the bench. And if you would just see this little boy's eyes the way he was looking at LeBron, that epitomizes the exact message that you're talking about right now, is that people are watching. People are always watching. I don't care if you're a superstar. I don't care if you think that you're not known by people. The reality is the world and everybody around you is watching you. And we're going to take a real quick break and we come back. We're going to talk about how you can communicate to those who are watching you. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. And, uh, you, you, you know, we, we, we've talking about that idea of placing yourself or that we are already in the position of influencing others. So now the question is, what kind of influence are we going to have? And to me, to me, it all boils down to communication because, see, we communicate whether we communicate with our actions, whether we communicate verbally or non-verbally. But when it comes down to communication, I think it boils down to three things. So, Ray, I want to tell you what my three kind of keys to communication are and tell me what you think about this. Talk to me, though. So I think it all comes down to three things. I think communication comes down to how you talk, how you listen, and what you take away from the conversation. So, to me, how you talk starts with how you begin a conversation. And I think way too often, people shut people down from the moment they start interacting. And I'm going to give you a real good example. <laughs> Have you ever had the experience, Ray, where someone looks at you and says, we need to talk? <laughs> What does that do to you the second someone says, we need to talk? Oh, boy, my blood pressure goes sky high. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, if anybody says we need to talk, I'm like, just get it out. Don't even, don't give me suspense. Just tell me what we need to talk about. Just say it. Just, just say, say it. it. Because the moment someone says something like, we need to talk, we put our fight or flight response up really, really quickly. And, and, and what I try to teach people is... If you shut people down from the very first interaction you have with them, then you kind of lost them. And remember, yeah, yeah and, and for me, I, I always teach this. I always say is there's a difference. You can either talk just to talk or you can talk so that you're actually heard. And if you want to be heard, you can't make the mistake of shutting people down from the moment you interact. Man, li man listen to this. I'm telling you. It changed my career as a player, as a leader, as a person with a voice. We're playing the Jets, and Mike Singletary is my coach at the time. And Mike Nolan was my defensive coordinator, and he called the defense that I knew would not stop the run because I'm looking at the run. And they run the ball, and they get the first down, and I'm losing my my mind on the field and I'm letting him know it because I know he's in the press box looking down and I'm letting him know it <laughs> and a time I came up and I come to the sideline and Mike Singletary Coach Singletary walks over to me and says Ray, Ray, come here come here and he says look at me he says look at me and, I, and, I, and I'm like okay so I'm looking at I said I'm looking and he says, you cannot talk to people like that. You can't <laughs> communicate like that. He was like, Ray, you don't know the power that you have in your voice. You can't 
talk to everybody like that because somebody you will you hurt them for the rest of their life mm -hmm. if you talk to them like that and you would never reach them again. And I said, and I said, and, and I'll never forget, I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because doc, I got it that yeah. clearly. We are in Pittsburgh, Ladarius Webb. It's third down and 29, third down 23, 29. There's a ball go over our head. And this guy catches the ball and I'm losing my mind and I run down there and I know and he starts apologizing to me saying, I'm sorry. And, you know, my my response was to him. What? I don't care about that play. I just care about the next play, baby boy. Mm. We all are messed up, man. Yeah. And you, you're so right when you say it. It's the way that you respond. It's the way when you when, when you talk to people, how you talk to people will, 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 will give you your clear answer. Who, What person you're going to get? I always tell people this. In a man, there's two sides of a man. There's a king and there's a fool. So whoever you entertain, that's the one you're going to get. Exactly. And how you talk to people is crucial, man. And, and, and if you think about it, see, there's no there's no personal risk now with social media right because you can text you can tweet anything you can yep. say anything out your mouth right and you're not even man man or woman enough to even back up what you're talking about you're right. just freaking saying it because you can't say it but when you start speaking to people understand this i said this last week the power of life and death is in the tongue Mm -hmm. And we have to start learning how to talk to people because when you talk to people, then you will appreciate how people listen. No, no, that's it. Exactly. That is it. A hundred percent. And honestly, those examples are perfect because that exemplifies it down to a T. It's it, what I see on social media and what, what people get all up where there's so much anger out there is I literally see people basically start off their conversations with, let me tell you why you're wrong. Now, if you really want to change someone's opinion, you don't start off by let me tell you how you're wrong because now they're all ready to fight and tell you, oh, oh, let me tell you why I'm right. And now they're not ready to listen. Instead of making it about let me tell you why you're wrong, how about this? Hey, what if we could work on some solutions together? And now all of a sudden you, you get around the fight or flight response and now you actually start to get to some solutions. Look, this this is really kind of cool to understand. In, in our brain, when we say words like always and never and oh, these extreme mm -hmm. words, we literally mm -hmm. activate the fight or flight part of our brain. So the same way if a bear walks in the room, my fight or flight response is going to go off. When someone says, you never do this or you always do this, all I need mm -hmm. to do is find one example when I did and I can be like, you know what? Now I'm just arguing semantics because I did. My wife could be like, you right. never cook. And I could be like, you remember that time in 1998 when I made that lunch for you? <laughs> it's been, Now, it's been a while. But listen, I, you don't say never because now we're talking about semantics. <laughs> but, I, but you know what? So, look, look, I think I, the reason why I appreciate growing up the way I grew up is because you know, my mom used to always tell me, like, how you speak to people who will put out what you're going to get in return, right? And I, and I believe karma is really real. And I have to believe karma is really real in conversation. Mm -hmm. Every coach I've ever had can tell you one thing. I've never disrespected them. I've never raised my voice to them. 
and I've never cursed at them. Yeah. It's just certain things as a man because of my mother and going back to it, man. Like when you think about, I always tell people this, listen more than you talk. Nobody knew this, Doc. I had a bad stuttering problem. I had a bad stuttering problem growing up. I used to stutter really bad. Um, I had a very bad experience. My, um, I was looking out the window. It was raining one day. <clears throat> and my stepfather was really abusive. And he threw this earthworm, looked like a snake, on my lap mm. when I was 10. And... I couldn't speak, Doc. I was I was like, mum, 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 mum. and I was trying to get it out so bad. I was, I, my fear was so crazy. And so then, yeah. when I got away from that, it followed me for years of my life. And so, man, and and you know, my family used to pick at me so much because they used to call me whoa, whoa, because my name. I was like whoa, 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 and I used to stutter so bad. And my mom came to me one day and she said, Junior, she said, stop. So when I started studying, she always said, stop, start over. And so I started stopping and starting over. But people, I learned this. People, I learned how to speak by simply listening and watching people talk and shed my mouth. Mm. That's why I can go into any conversation, Doc, on this honest government truth. It's a gift that I now have. I can go into any conversation and you leave me in that conversation for five minutes or less to where I can just listen and I promise you I master it. Yeah. Right? Because it's the I've way you speak. You. Yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah, that in you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. And this and this, you know, to this day, you know, some it came through a tragedy. I had to learn it through a tragedy. But what I did learn was, man, it's a way you gotta speak to people. They man, you know, I, I watch kids, I watch these kids nowadays, man, and you know, they everything is what's up and what and what man, don't what me. Yeah. Don't don't ever what me. Like like that shows me either um I'm ag- you're, you're you're agitated or you're aggravated or something wrong, right? But I'm not here to do that. And so I just think everything we're talking about is it it as a leader, it did something for me. It changed my way, my approach to people. This older lady last night at the Pro Bowl, she walked up and she bumped into me and I said, Oh my gosh, I'm saying, excuse me, ma'am. And she was like and she walked all the way away and came back and she says, I just don't know the last time somebody said, excuse me, ma'am, to me. Mm. And I was like, wow, like, are we that mad at each other yeah. to where we can't say I'm sorry and say, ma'am, and yes, ma'am, and yes. And me and Sean was doing um, um at the uh, at the Pro Bowl. We did, did this whole thing, this coaches, over a thousand plus coaches and kids. There. And we're talking to these coaches and I'm saying, do you realize that you that you, you you as coaches, women coaches as well, do you realize that you are now in the father figure role of these kids? Mm. You can't scream at these kids. You can't curse at these kids. These, you don't know these kids' situations. Nobody knew my situation, Doc. Right, right. Nobody knew that I was going back home to hell at times. Right. Nobody knew that I was going back home to a mother that her eyes was bruised and beat up from, from a man physically beating their hands on her. So when I'm leaving football practice, the last thing I need is you to beat me down more. Right. 
And that's why these kids are giving up so quickly, man, because we don't know how to talk to people anymore. We don't know how to talk to kids. We're, we're losing communication skills. Well, to me, you know? the reason why so, your story like is so is so powerful and moving about what happened to you when you were younger is here you are the epitome of strength and you have this story that gets back to, you know, the things that led you to be where you are. And I think so often, as soon as we encounter someone who believes differently than us, thinks differently than us, all of a sudden we think, well, I don't have to learn this person's background, but every person's background has led them to be exactly where they are. And I really, really appreciate, and I feel humbled to be able to, that you shared that story with us about what happened to you when you were younger, but I appreciate the idea that from that, you then learned how to listen as a leader. And I think when we talk about listening to people, if we could learn to listen, and I say this all the time in my yield theory, if we could learn to, instead of judging people, just assess whatever's going on with them. We don't need to judge people to assess them. So in other words, I can say, all right, if this is what's going on with you, I don't need to say you're wrong or bad because of this. I can assess, okay, this is what's going on. Now, let me see what I can do from this moment forward. Like you said to your D-back when they missed that play, I don't care about that. What I care about what you're going to do from this moment forward. So there's a huge difference between judging people and assessing them. And when we're talking about learning to listen to others, I think it is so important to just kind of assess what's going on. Because now you're going to be open to truly listen to them. That's good. That, that, that's really good. I mean, from the perspective of, I think that was the biggest thing I did. And I think if I was to encourage anybody, and I shared this with Bobby uh, Wagner a lot. I shared it with uh, uh, Des Bryant. I shared it with a bunch of kids, um, um, Chris Harris, um, guys. Um, and I said, I said, when I was in the game, you know what I became? I became a sponge to anybody that was older than me or had done it before I'd done it. Like, I just became this sponge of soaking it up, everything. I can tell you, man, we'll be here for days if I tell you the things I learned from Gary Thomas, rest in peace. The things I learned from June Seau, rest in peace. The things I learned from Steve McNair, rest in peace. And everybody, you just realize, Doc, they're no longer here. Mm. Right? So that's why I always reflect to say, you never know why you're in somebody's life. You never know. And what you're supposed to learn from them is you're supposed to be able to be humble enough to listen enough to learn what the relationship is supposed to be and, and, and what to get from the, the conversation or the relationship, whatever it is. Yeah, learn what you're supposed to get from it. You go to school, just listen to the teachers. They'll give you the answers. You just got to listen for it. You have to listen for it. And what you just said you right there, what, you t what you're going to take away, and that's that third key to communication, what you're going to take away from the communication. So whether or not that's going to be what you soak up and what you take in, or whether or not that's going to be for you to realize that all you're ever responsible for is to give other people your absolute best and then let go. Because you can't make people take what you want them to take from a conversation. The only thing you can do is give them your best 
and you can hope that they take the things you're, you're hoping to convey, but at the end of the day, you can't control what others take from your conversation. What you can control is what you take from conversations. So what people are communicating to you, the lessons, like you said, people, may they rest in peace that have gone before you, lessons that you were able to pull in and take and and and, and then express and pass on for generations. That's enormous. And let's say at home you're having a conversation and you say, well, I want this person to understand so badly. Well, guess what? If they don't get it, then they didn't get it. You got to work to try to find a different way to communicate it because however it's yeah. happening, it isn't working. Right, because you know what? The patience, man. You know, patience. I think everything we're saying with, you know, how do you talk to people, how you listen to people and what you take away from the conversation, I think it's all based off patience. Mm. I think it's all based off of your, you know, you sitting back and, and being OK with understanding that th th this may take a process before I get to the real answer. <laughs> but if you stay in it, if you stay in it, you'll get it. You'll get it. Um, I told you guys this other day, um, Mike Singletary. I never forget it. Um, going back to him, when he first came to Baltimore, he asked me, he was like, I'm coming to Coach Ray. Don't know what that's going to be like. He already got himself kind of set up, whatever. And he comes in and he's thinking I'm going to be whatever he thought I was. And he was like, what can I do for you? And I said, I want to learn everything you know. But more importantly, I want to learn everything you know as a man. And so every Monday, Doc, I used to sit with him and we used to read the Bible every Monday after mm. film. And we used to have conversation about what it meant to be a man and, and, and what it meant to be humble and what it meant to make sure your tongue is speaking, is speaking life instead of death. And what it means to understand that your influence is to really encourage and give hope and give and, 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 and teach people that they can push forward no matter what pitfall that they've been in. And so, man, I was a sponge. I was a sponge, but but now I know why I was a sponge because you know there's not one coach, one per person that's ever coached me. Can never my mama. I ain't never raised my voice, my mama. I ain't never argued with my mama. I ain't never man. Please, really, it's just certain things I'm never gonna do because one day when I finally go to heaven, I don't never want to look at God and say I didn't listen. Yeah. When you gave me the answers and I still didn't listen. Yeah. Now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm at least gonna listen. Now from there it's up to me what I'm gonna do with the information, right. but I'm at least gonna listen. Right, and that's 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 such a such a key thing. One, what you just said to me kind of was another one of those things that those moments that just kind of hit me back in my chair. And it's it you said if you stay in it, you'll get it. And I really believe that. I believe that so much because as I sit with people, like I sit, I work with people who do some of the most horrific crimes in, that you could ever imagine. Stuff that you can't even see on TV. Some of the most horrific stuff. But when I first start, there are moments, and I've been doing this for 20 years, and there are moments where I think, I don't know if I can, if I'm, if I'm going to be able to listen to this about this stuff that this, you know, these people did to kids and things like that. But there's one thing that re the way you phrase that is a, it awakens something in me because I think to myself, I think I think something along this lines, but now I'm going to use exactly this. If you stay in it, you'll get it. And what I've noticed is if I stick with people long enough and I listen and I understand where they're coming from, I get how they got there. And again, I never excuse negative or harmful behavior, but I understand it. And that's the key.
man, that's 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 it. Because I'm look, some things take longer than others, man. I didn't stop stuttering overnight. Stuttering overnight took me a long time studying people. I used to sit there, if people can see my face right now, I used to sit there and get so close to the television stream because I used to want to see how people use words mm. and I want to see how 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 wide they open their mouths and you know, if they take, yeah, I used to watch all of the little things about people and every coach I took something from, my high school coach, he was honored this weekend at the Pro Bowl and I mean, he was one of the men who really saved my life because I, he didn't save my life by everything he said. He saved my life about me simply observing who he's who he was as a man. Mm. Yeah, like his my observation of mm. him, man, was was absolute. I said, "That's a man, like that's a man," and I, and I have an opportunity to 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 impress him mm. as a man, as a young man. I can impress this man, and and so I learned something, and 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 I think before we leave today, I. I want to say this, you know, if we do nothing else, let's go backwards before we keep going forward. Let's let's appreciate conversation. Let's learn how to talk to each other. We know how intentional we can be to hurt somebody's feelings. We know when we're trying to just disrespect or or not respect somebody. We know what that feels like. And I'm telling you, the moment you feel it, you have a choice. Either you can either deal with it or you can walk away from it. Mm-hmm. The only the one respect Doc I've always had with every one of my coaches, you talk to me like a man, I'm gonna respond to you like a man. Mm-hmm. All right? And that's why I go back to that king and the fool, right? Because it's you got two two things you can play in. You can play into the king of who I am, and you're gonna get the best of me. Or you can play into the fool of who I am, and then you gonna make me come down to your level yeah. and i don't I, and I don't go down to people levels too often so yeah. if, if if you learn nothing else man from i think the things that i've been through you know listen more listen more and don't hurt nobody with your verb with your language help people change people inspire people influence people that's that's why we should be living that's why we live that's yeah. exactly why we live. We started talking about how the in the NFL, the young NFL players are learning to recognize their influence in the world. And we are ending this podcast having you, the listener, understand that you equally have influence in the world. And to be mindful of that influence because every single day you have an opportunity to role model the kind of behavior that is really needed in the world today. Yep. That's it. It's a powerful week. We'll be back again at the end of the week. We'll tell you that much. Hey, <laughs> I hope you get some rest because I know you had a you've you've had some uh, you've had a long week. I got a good night to recover tonight, so I'll be all right. You know me. I like the grind. I know you're nonstop, <laughs> baby. I love it. I love you, Doc. Man, I appreciate you, man. I, I, I learn something every time I'm on here. Every time I'm on here, I listen to you more than anything. I learn a lot, man. So um, I'm, hopefully, I'm a lot of people are inspired I today. Pick, yeah. I wouldn't pick anybody else in the world to do this with. Thank yeah. you for downloading the Tackling Life podcast. For more Tackling Life content and information about our guests, please visit tacklinglifepodcast.com. Subscribe to Tackling Life, and you'll get two all new episodes automatically downloaded each week. 
You can become a part of the Tackling Life community by following us on our Tackling Life Facebook and Twitter pages. We definitely want to hear from you, so please reach out. We'd also love for you to take a moment and give us a rating and review on iTunes. Until next time, for Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Carter. A supportive work environment can help everyone working in schools stay resilient. Just finding people that can reassure me that I'm doing my best and that there are people out there who understand me and can help me through these situations. You are not alone. Leaning on each other, uh, colleagues in education is, is essential. You have to. We take care of one another. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now. That's cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.